Welcome to Rainmakers. Now to our host, Carl Grant. Welcome to Rainmakers. I'm here with Bob London, CEO of Chief Listening Officers. Welcome, Bob. Hey, Carl. How are you? Very good. So, Bob, this is a really unique play here. You're CEO of Chief Listening Officers. What in the world is Chief Listening Officers? <laughs> well, the the first the first goal of the, calling it Chief Listening Officers was to get people curious about what it is. So that, that I've achieved that with you already. So, um, I basically what I do is help B two B tech companies with go to market strategy, particularly messaging, uh, value proposition, differentiators, uh, so they can. Um, you know, put effective, relevant messages out to through all their channels, whether it's their website, their investor pitch, their sales pitch. And the reason I called it chief listening officers was because in my many years as a chief marketing officer with both public and private companies, I saw that companies, uh, too many tech companies kind of assume uh, they know a lot about their target audience and they're not, they're, they need help listening, basically. And so what I do is uh, the how behind the work I do is I go interview my clients, customers and prospects before every as part of every engagement. And um, I use I get amazing insights because I get people to open up about their real problems, priorities and perceptions. And then I, I interpret that and synthesize that into a strategy for my clients. And at this point, I've done about 2400 one on one interviews with uh, decision makers across the B2B spectrum. So you know, it's going really well. Yeah, it's a really unique play. I, I, I don't think most people listen <laughs> these days. They they do a lot of talking and they're, they're thinking about wh what they're going to say next and, and they're not really listening to others. So I think you've really differentiated yourself in the market. So Thanks. I also notice, Bob, and I've known you a while in, in the marketplace, you're you a well-respected well guy. You're, you're on boards of a lot of influential organizations. Talk about your go-to-market strategy. So uh, my go-to-market strategy is based on the fact that I don't like selling. And what I mean by that is I, I'd rather spend my time talking to companies, listening to companies, meeting founders, meeting CEOs, listening to what their challenges are and either helping them indirectly by finding a solution for them and someone in my network or to help, you know, sometimes I can help them directly or sometimes a year later I can help them directly. So my go-to-market strategy really is about you know, strategically giving away my time. Um, I'd much rather, and I do this all the time for anybody who's listening, uh, I'd much rather do a one hour workshop with a CEO and maybe his leadership team on uh, either how well they understand their customers and tease that out and or um, kind of whether their messaging is really market friendly, customer friendly. I'd much rather do that for an hour than do a proposal. So I find myself only, you know, the only proposals I really do are to confirm a deal that's already been agreed to and kind of scoped out. Um, it's more of a formality. And um, so, so I, it's, I, it's all about engineering things so that I spend my time doing what I want to do. I also do go to events, but that's just more because I, it's good energy for me. I'm an introvert. I've been working at home for many years and it's just great to get out when, when there's no COVID, of course, uh, looks like things are starting to open up, but um yeah, I do go out, but I don't go out to pitch. Um, I don't. I don't even have business cards anymore, and, and that's not to sound obnoxious. That's just to say that you know, when you get to a certain point and you're you're, you're well known enough, 
you just don't have to be shoving your 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 sales pitch at everybody. You really let it happen organically, and that's just more suits my personality. I hope that's a clear answer. Yeah, yeah, no, business cards have become a thing of the past. It's it's crazy. So, so I I actually am getting this uh, QR code that's coming. New company called mm -hmm. Page. So a little plug for them that that uh, you can scan scan your phone over this thing and it'll it'll take you to a page that has all the links to all your social media and contact information so not that you need that uh but no uh, i love that idea i love it yeah it's it's cool i'm i'm talking to these guys next week and i should have it in the mail today so i'm i i've never been so excited about getting a, <laughs> a piece of technology so anyway so that that's i think i think we're going to see these things happen. I, I don't know if you remember back in the day, this will date ourselves, when, when people carried Blackberries and they could beam their information to each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember Absolutely. those days. So, so Bob, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that you go out to events, but you're an introvert. So I don't think I'm an introvert. I think I'm an extrovert. I go out to the events because I like the energy and just being in the mix. Honestly, like you, I, I don't think I think I could not leave my house ever again and <laughs> and still be able to do my job. I mean, because once you've amassed 15,000 business contacts, I don't think you really, you know, you, you, other than just keeping those contacts alive, which you can do by phone and Zoom, I don't mm -hmm. think you need to meet another person. So it, it, it's interesting, yet I still go out, right? <laughs> I'm hosting an event today, uh, as a matter of fact, just because... I don't know. I, maybe I enjoy doing it. And, and oh, it sounds like you get a level of enjoyment out of that as well. But as an introvert, that seems odd. Yeah, it is. It is it's interesting. And I have a very, very smart advisor. Her name is Monica London. She's my has to be my wife, who knows mm -hmm. me really well. And she's not afraid to tell me what's what. And once in a while, I'll say, well, you know, I don't know if I need to go to all these events or this event or that event. She'll say, you know what? Every time you come back, you got stories, you got, you know, you, you've got, you learn things. She said, just keep going. She's like, sort of like, shut up and get in the car and go. And so um, I think that's good medicine for someone like me. I'm an ambivert. I mean, I can definitely, you can, I mean, you can hear me talk. I don't much shy about talking, but, I, but the whole listening thing fits with me because I am more of an introvert and I'd rather hear what people have to say. And um, uh, so, so the events do fill a role. And also I've, you know, I think um, if you look around the DC area, it's a great ecosystem, partly because of your doing um, and, and others of creating real energy and a real center of gravity. And so the, the people are just great. You know, the people that you meet are great. And um, as long as you're you know, smart and selective about the events you go to, and as long as you don't expect to sell something as soon as you cross the threshold, right? I mean, who goes to events to buy stuff? Nobody. So why are we? No, no. And, and, and that's another part of your story that resonated with me because I'm never selling ever. Right. Right. I'm, I'm, if I'm selling anything, it's what I can do to help the other person. And I, and I don't think I've ever seen you or heard you say, Hey, let me tell you about Cooley. You know, it's just not, that's not how it works for you. And I think that no. people, more people should be that way. Yeah. No, but, but, you know, the, but the things that I offer to do strategically lead to the need for legal services, right? Like I know sources of money. Of if you're going to close $5 million of financing, which I'm helping somebody do right now, they need our services, right? But I, I didn't have to sell that. It just, it was a easy 
outgrowth of what I'm helping this person do. And, and, or if you're introducing a CFO into a new job or what, you know, any of those types of activities, all of them have components of, of what we do. And people naturally want to reciprocate to people who help them. It's just a natural thing. I, I, I think it's unnatural for somebody to not want to do that. And so you, you're just, you know, I think what you're doing plays into that, right? I mean, you're, you're doing it because yeah. you like doing it, right? I, I like helping other people. I think it's very rewarding to help people raise money, find jobs, help their companies be successful. Eventually they have liquidity events. They make lots of money. They invite you over to their nice houses. I mean, I, I enjoy all of that, right? It's, it's part of the fun of doing what I do. You know, I'm glad you said you really said it really well. And I, I, I think what what I heard when you were just talking was, you know, it's really taking the long view. It's taking the long view and saying, I'm going to spread goodwill and expertise and help people do whatever whatever's on their list. I'll help them with. I'm not going to shove my list onto them. And then over time, without expecting quid pro quo, good things will happen. And so the long term kind of karma driven approach is, and by the way, I've, if, if it's appropriate, Rick Fleischer, who you know, of course, mm -hmm. serial entrepreneur in the DC area, he's kind of the guy who indoctrinated me into that, you know, maybe 20, 15, 16 years ago. I mean, that's sort of that whole approach. And it really fit me so well, because I don't like to, I, I don't like to sit around talking about everything, every little detail about what I do and why you should buy. You know, that's just not me. So shout out to Rick and and folks like you for paving the way for this, that sort of approach. Well, there's a, a, a new entrepreneur who's moving to Austin, Texas, where I am right now, who um, I, I interviewed her for the last podcast. So um, Ugachi, Ugachi Owo, she, she, okay. she talked about, about being relational rather than transactional. And, and she's a young person, she's in her twenties. And, and I thought that was very insightful for a young person like that to, to be thinking about that, right? Because so many people you meet are transactional. They want to know, you know, what can this person do for me today? And, um, and you know, is there anything I could do for them? And I, I found a lot of people, particularly in Austin, this is a, you know, it, it, it's a new town for me. I spent most of my years around the DC metro area. I found that most of the people around here are very relational and I like mm -hmm. the culture because I'm meeting with people, I'm having lunch and dinner with people that there's really nothing that we can do for each other today, but mm -hmm. we like each other and we know of each other and we're looking to see what we can do to help each other, whether it's in a personal situation or a business situation or, you know, just in, in just as human beings. Right. And, and you, you spread that kind of, I hate the word karma, but get good karma around. And <laughs> I already used it. Just, it. I already broke the seal. Yeah, but it, but it comes back to you. It comes back it to you, Bob. And I, and it sounds like you've got a lot of that going, and and you've turned your your kind of knack for listening into a business and packaged it up, which I think is really interesting. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Come, it means a lot coming from you, and I I do enjoy being having something different uh, that that does you know it doesn't raise everyone's eyebrows, but when it does, it really works and. I think what what I, I would summarize, and, and this is not necessarily for everybody, um, you, you just talked about it. When you connect with someone and you like each other, um, you know, you, I sort of follow the chemistry, not the money, right? So if someone is if, like uh, Jeff Graffs from Hungary, you know, he when he all he did was get an introduction to me, and he immediately grabbed onto the idea of listening to customers, and he had he had had other startups before Hungary. And um, 
you know, I think uh, what I found is like many entrepreneurs who do it a second and third time, they see opportunities to build more customer intimacy before they start, you know, spending money building product, you know, more customer discovery. And so it really clicked with him and he ended up referring me to some great people. And ultimately I did work with Jeff uh, at Hungry um, mm -hmm. because I followed the chemistry, not the money. You know, Hungry, I'm not even sure they were well-funded when I first met Jeff. So follow the chemistry. You know, I like what you said. Well, that, that's good advice. And so let's let's backtrack a little bit. So you you weren't always the chief listening officer. You had some industry experience to, to lead up to this. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so back in the day, um, when there was something called long distance telephone industry, um, there was a company called MCI, which I'm, I'm saying it in an elementary way because I'm sure people have lost uh, their recollection of or, or predates people, but it was a pioneering, it was sort of the AOL around DC before AOL. So MCI um, came into being by uh, attacking AT&T, who was the monopoly um, uh, with a regulatory strategy, basically, uh, to say, you know, monopoly, this monopoly has to come down and MCI grew. And I was fortunate to be there during an amazing time where we were growing, um, you know, multiple market point share, points per year, market share points per year in a market that was worth hundreds of billions of dollars. And uh, that's, it was a great place to learn marketing, basically, and, and cut my teeth. And I actually managed at one point a $200 million national advertising budget. Um, which at the time I was not qualified to do, but that's how it was at MCI. You kind of learn and you go into it. And then from there, uh, I went into the B2B world and there's a, a local DC area startup success story called Digex, uh, which mm -hmm. you may know about, which was yep. an internet infrastructure play that went public twice um, and uh, just you know really pioneered the area of um, web hosting and managed hosting. And I was the VP, fortunate enough to be, they were a client of mine when I was consulting and then they asked me to come on full-time and I did. Um, but ultimately, and I had some other interesting stops, not all successful. Um, and But ultimately what I learned about myself or I was forced to learn about myself, I enjoyed, um, I did not enjoy managing people. And I think it showed, you know, candidly. And I didn't enjoy dealing with stuff that wasn't the work itself. And that's okay, right? In other words, some people are really good. I was just talking to a really senior sales guy, a strategic sales guy yesterday, a close friend. And he said, I don't know when I'm supposed to do all these reports. You know, I, I got a, a job here to sell. And when am I supposed to do all these reports and updates and deal with these meetings that are political or related to commission haggling and you know, between divisions and stuff like that? So I just... I just want to do the work. I just wanted to do the work. And so consulting turned out to be a great fit for me. I had enough of a network to get started. And then I had to learn on the fly how to do my own business development, which is 20% of my time or should be 20% uh, of your time. Um, and so, yeah, but I learned marketing. I learned B2B um, and I learned strategy and, um, you know, it's all come together in this. And then the, the, the listening thing was really the big breakthrough like five, six years ago was companies just spend way too much money on marketing before they start listening to customers. Well, Bob, this has been great advice for our listeners. I thank you so much for joining us today. And I want to encourage our listeners, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and please rate us and share us with your friends. Thanks so much, Bob. My pleasure. Anytime, Carl. Thank you. 
You have been listening to Brain Makers with Carl Grant.